it is a glorious day here on the Big 4-9. It is a Monday, and we are back to the grind. And I am back to the less of a grind than I have been in the last two years, and I'm fired up about it. I'm just doing a 8-to-5 job as opposed to an overnight job, and that is wonderful news for me because then I just come home to the show at night, drop it in the system, and then go back to work, and that's what I'm going to do. But no more crazy 31-hour days on Wednesdays and Thursdays anymore. This is going to be wonderful. So I am fired up. I am happy. Um, I did not enjoy the motocross festivities on Saturday. I always have fun with the knuckleheads because they're knuckleheads, and, and they make me laugh, and I have fun busting balls with them. But I can't tell you. I am enjoying this season. It it is Honda Honda runaway season. It's cool to see Jet be so dominant in his, you know, first trip up into the 450s. But, man, Hunter's owning the 250s. Jet's owning the 450s. And it's like, okay, all right. Anybody else going to step? Anybody? Can anybody catch these guys? I don't think so. Not right now. It's like they're going to have to do um, performance-enhancing drug tests on their actual motorcycles. Not on the riders, but on their bikes. Like, what is happening with these motorcycles? Why are they so much faster than everybody else? So, I don't know. It's wearing on me a little bit, I will tell you that. But I am very, very excited because coming up in moments, we will talk to Jet Lawrence. We got a quick one with Jet. And after the interview with Jet Lawrence, which has been now the last three Mondays in a row, we will get into UFO talk because I have not only one, but two ufo stories today one is very very good and it's funny these things are coming out of the woodworks ever since that guy came forward one really deals a lot with uh, the guy grush that came forward from the pentagon and we got an update on his situation and more uh, detail in it as well it's just badass to me so i'm stoked on getting into that And then I have another UFO story that's not nearly as good, but it's still a UFO story. And I told you I'm going to beat you with these things until uh, we have absolute transparency in the world. And you can say UFO and talk about a UFO story without people laughing at you and pointing at you and thinking you're crazy. And remember, I'm a little self-conscious because I've had people do that to me. I was 23 years old when I lived in the house where the ghost was when I saw the ghost. And ever since then... My best friends in the world do not believe me. Oh, you were drunk. Oh, you were the... No, 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 no. I was... The fucking ghost looked me in the eye, dude. I saw it in my house. It was terrifying. Yeah, no, uh, there's no such thing. No, I'm telling you, there's such thing. This crap's real. I'm telling you. No, no, no. So, you know, there'll be enough... I think there's enough paranormal evidence out there now for ghosts, but... UFOs, we got to prove it, and it looks like we're heading that way, at least towards transparency with what the government may know, and I am stoked on that. I have a funny thing that happened this weekend. This isn't in the entertainment report because I'm going to do a whole breakdown on it. It's people who fight for a living usually are kind of knuckleheads, just telling you. You're not going to find a lot of real classy, elegant um, people who earn money by getting punched in the face and punching other people in the face for a living. It's just not going to happen. And I think the Miami Heat found that out really the hard way. We're going to go into that. It's like, what? who thought this was a good idea? I got a what the Florida that is pretty 
Awesome. Got a guy going to jail there. I got vampires on the show today. What? Vampires. A mass grave of vampires found in Poland. And then I have a bill proposed here in the commie state of California that should scare the crap out of you. If we, if you haven't thought we're in like a nanny state, Big Brother is watching a situation yet, this one will solidify that that claim. That because we are, it is insane. Something has to be done. And then I have a story about a swimwear company that got it right, and people are pissed about it, and that makes me laugh so get ready jet lawrence coming up here in moments and then we'll get into some ufo talk on a monday right here on the big four nine big 49 it is stretching right now we are doing something that's kind of become a regular thing on the show that is do an interview with jet lawrence after the motocross races because he has once again climbed to the top step of the podium and that's exactly what happened this weekend in colorado here at thunder valley jet congratulations you are undefeated so far as a pro on the 450 you've got six motos in this season six wins six overall or three overall victories but it is been quite impressive uh, i mean we look at, at it and, and it looks like you know you're making it look easy at least i know it is not easy out there especially today on a track like you were on but uh, uh you know walk us through your day could it have gone better for you at all like w- w- what's going wrong out there if anything because we're not seeing it um yeah no it was uh, a really good day another yeah. good day in the books <laughs> yes. just getting I mean, now it's just, I'm just getting more and more comfortable with my bike. My bike's getting better each week. During the week, we keep making small touches to it just to try and get it better and better. Yeah. So if I do need, do need to go harder, it can it can handle it. But if I'm just trying to maintain my my pace at a slower track, kind of like this, this, yeah. this track's a little bit slow, uh, slower speed in a few sections, and, and it, it handles great. Um, but no, another really great day. Uh, start My first start was a bit, a bit iffy. I just squeezed away with that, then my second style was even better than that. So I was pumped with that. And uh, I'm just glad I didn't get roosted, man. I was That was my biggest motivation on that style. I didn't want to get roosted. I was yelling at lappers. I was swerving left to right with trying not to get roosted by lappers and that. So the roost here hurts. I felt like I did not too bad dodging it. So, uh, no, nah, but good day. All right, let's talk about why that roost hurts. What happens out here is they mix the track with wood chips and also, believe it or not, there's a lot of manure in there as well, horse manure. So you've got wood chips and horse manure. I imagine it's the wood chips that hurt, and then it's a really hard-packed dirt. So the, the, does it make the track uh, uh, grip better? Because I, I think that's the reason they're putting it in there. If it's not for drainage, it's so that the you know there'll be a, it'll be a little chunkier dirt for you to, to grip up on. Is it helping at all? Um. It's uh where they've added actually makes it a lot more slippery. Okay. I would say, and then right. obviously when it gets a little bit of rain, like we got a little bit of a sprinkle on that second mode, it kind of made it even a little more slipperier. Wow. So um, I mean, I think the the best a little bit's not too bad. Adds that uh, it still has that main clay dirt. Like I think more yeah. of the top sections, besides that very long straight going up to the Thunder Valley sign. Yeah. All the little S bends there are really good because it's still more mainly dirt, it feels like mostly. Okay. Um, but then in spots, I mean, it's nice having them all. It's just kind of just changes it up a bit, something different. A diff- instead of just hitting a, yeah. a, just a single rut, 
uh, it kind of changes the feel up a little bit. And speaking of the feel, uh, I know you're on the 450 now and, and you're riding at elevation. Is this track, was it as gnarly of a difference between the loss of power between when you rode on the 250s here and on the 450 like today? Yeah, I, I noticed it quite a bit. Normally I'm used to the bike leaving me out of turns, but here it doesn't. <laughs> I could kind of hold my uh, way a little bit more. So um, Nice. Yeah, no, the, the altitude affects a lot more here than I feel like Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City is still high, but not yeah. as high as here. Okay. So I feel like uh, it gets affected a lot more here, with, especially with the start. Like uh, here we start like with first gear. Second yeah. gear is very rarely even an option. Wow. Because we're just so high up here. So, um, But, uh, yeah, I definitely feel it. All right, Jet. So we're moving on up to high point next week. And so far, so good for you. Like I say, six motos, six wins, three overall wins. Uh, heading to high point. This is a track you have raced on before. Uh, do you like this track? Uh, how does it rank, I guess, in your list of favorite tracks coming into the, this next weekend at high point? Um, I would definitely say it's up on the top five. Um, okay. It's one of those this tracks where they've they've used the elevation there and yeah. the, the mountainside kind of thing, like just to perfection almost. It just The track flows so awesome. It's almost kind of more like a European track there. There's not too many big obstacles. There's obviously a few that makes it more American style, but um, yeah. a lot of stuff is, is pretty pretty fun. I, I haven't got to ride down a 450 yet, so I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> to race there. I bet nice. it's going to be fun as. So uh, in the past times I've been there on a 250, it's been fun on that. So uh, I, <clears throat> I don't believe it's not going to be fun for me there. Uh, now we got more horsepower, so uh, it should be good. All right, Jet. Uh, I will pencil you in for an interview Monday morning on the Stretch Show next week after you take High Point, because that seems to be kind of how this has been rolling this entire season, man. Congratulations to you, your brother, the HRC Honda team, on another great weekend of racing, and we will talk to you very soon. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. There's a new Ronnie Mac video up on YouTube, and this is not the one with him and Colby Raha doing jumps inside a Home Depot. No, that one's on Colby Raha's YouTube channel, and that is must-see stuff. But Ronnie Mac has a new one on the Ronnie Mac YouTube channel, and it's him celebrating his birthday, and his buddy Gunther sends him a 509cc two-stroke Honda that is a pretty badass motorcycle, and that's what Ron got for his birthday. Go check it out on the Ronnie Mac YouTube channel. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is a Stretch show, and we are going to get back into my favorite topic, UFOs, because there has been a plethora of UFO news in the last week with the guy, uh, David Grush, who uh, came out from the Arrow group at the Pentagon and is now a whistleblower and is saying that the government has been lying to the great American public for about 75 years and they've got a bunch of downed alien spacecraft. Well, here is some updates on that and there is one story on here that is just badass. So they say while they were recovering one craft and this is another whistleblower, this is not Grush that's working with the same lawyer uh, going forward to Congress and being a whistleblower. So this guy says that they recovered a craft and when they got there, it was partially submerged into the ground because it had crashed and it was about 
30 feet in diameter, your typical standard flying saucer. Well, they said since it was stuck in the ground, that they tied ropes or chains or whatever around it and tried to pull it down with a bulldozer. But when they started pulling, the thing just bent like a pie tan and they thought they were going to destroy it. So they stopped and then it popped right back into shape. But they didn't want to destroy it. So they sent a guy inside of it. And the guy went inside of it. And remember, they said it was about a 30-foot saucer. But when the guy went inside of it, he came out after what he thought was a few minutes and said like he was disoriented because inside the thing was like the size of a baseball stadium that it was humongous inside so there was a complete distortion of time and space in this spaceship from the inside and the outside and another thing is the guy thought he was in there for like four minutes and they said no you've been in there for four hours like what are you doing so that's a cool story and that's one of them. And then here's another thing to know about Grush. This dude, who is either telling a lie that was told to him. Remember, he was saying he didn't witness all of this stuff. That he was simply uh, the guy that people were coming to because they knew he was on that Aero Committee and they would come to him. He said people he had known his whole military career. And he said he thought they were pulling his leg. And they're like, man, I know where there's spaceships i don't know where we've got alien craft and he's like what are you talking about like you're insane and then he said it kept happening kept happening he has according to this report taken a lot of evidence and brought it to the committee however he made sure that only the people on the committee that have the high enough clearance to see the stuff that he is showing them can see it the other people even though they're in congress if they don't hold that level of clearance they are not going to get to see a lot of the stuff that this guy Grush uh, turned over in his whistleblower complaint. So that's one thing. And another thing to know, if this guy is lying, if this guy is just some nut job who after, you know, however many years in the military, he's 36 years old. So however long he's been in the military, if he just decided to go kooky and start making stuff up, here's another problem they have. He's under testimony to congress and he could be put in prison he if he's lying it, it's like lying to the court you're, you're gonna perjury you will go to jail so he's got a lot on the line another thing this article follows up on is all of the military level high level people who are coming out and co-signing everything that this guy has said and they typically when someone comes out when lou elizondo came out from the Pentagon. They tried to say that guy was never at the Pentagon. That guy never worked at ATIP. He never worked at a anything to do with UFO. Like, we don't even know what you're talking about. This guy wasn't even in the military. And, and remember, that's what they'll do. They'll erase you. Well, they made sure to document this guy Grush before he came out as a whistleblower, which was really smart. And now that we're under this whistleblower era in the UFO world, People are coming out and co-signing the crap out of what this guy said. And it's not like, you know, any Tom, Dick, and Harry. It's colonels and generals and really, really high-level people that are co-signing it. They also go into a story about this guy's now being harassed and they're flying drones over his house and they're putting trackers on his car and following his wife. And he's saying that they expected that. But still pretty crazy. The UFO that is different 
dimensionally inside than outside is fascinating to me too. So how, how does that work? They're saying whatever they have, they have to be warping time and space. Yeah, how do you make a 30-foot craft the size of a baseball stadium on the inside? That's, man, if we can do that, we can solve the housing crisis tomorrow here in America. Uh, a lot of military intelligence people, they say, coming forward to voice their support of Grush. Uh, one guy whose name is Jim Shelley, former chief scientist of the Space Innovation and Development Center at the Air Force Space Command, wrote on Monday uh, how much he supports his former colleague Grush. He says, I will vouch for the integrity of Dave Grush. Getting to the bottom of this uh, is elusive and problematic to say the least. I will assert no matter the conclusion of extraterrestrial materials or not, the DOD and IC security apparatus is in trouble and unwitting accomplices are fostering an abusive system. One uh, possible thing to worry about, though, they say all of the people in Congress that can see all of the stuff that Grush turned in because they have a high enough clearance, they say those people with those clearances are the people that have been doing this cover-up for 75 years. Everyone that gets to this level, I'm sorry, we're going to give you a clearance, but here's the deal. Any UFO talk comes up, you got to kibosh it. Oh, I'm having a liquid death right now. And it's delicious in the morning. I'm having the armless bomber, and it is quite lovely. So everything they're saying is fascinating to me. Here's another guy. Nobel Prize nominee and CIA scientist Dr. Hal Putoff, who worked in the government's uh, UFO program 2008 to 2012, uh, said he had briefed Congress on classified information about UFO reverse engineering programs and knew of whistleblowers who had worked in the alleged programs. So this guy's come forward too now. He's another big one. Remember, Christopher Mellon... The former uh, top defense intelligence official, he's part of the Lou Elizondo group, and he's been coming out with all kinds of stuff. He just wrote an article for Politico revealing he had referred four witnesses to the government UFO investigation task force, which is the Arrow All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which is where we got Grush from. And he says people in Arrow don't know the crap that he knows because he was given stuff on a confidential, hey, here's this, here's this. The Arrow doesn't even know what they're dealing with. Anyway, according to the report written by Mellon, he says that many of these people claim to have uh, knowledge of a secret U.S. government program involving the analysis and exploitation of uh, materials recovered from off-world craft. So they have known that. This is four or five people, yet the dude uh, Fitzpatrick, who is the boss of Arrow, has said repeatedly on the record, there's nothing to indicate that anything is extraterrestrial. There's a few things flying in the sky that we don't know what they are, but we don't know crap about uh, UFOs. Then this report says every five years, they recover at least one or two UFOs from either a landing or that, that they saw crash. And they say they have actually captured one where aliens literally came down and left it, landed it, left it there and took off. And then we got that one. And then let, the best uh, other thing in this story is that apparently in Italy, a craft was recovered in 1933. 
and it was a bell shape. Who had a bell-shaped craft that they were trying to make into a spaceship? Oh, yeah, the Nazis during World War II. That would be the allies of Mussolini's uh, Italy during World War II. So at some point, that there's it's craziest. This is before anyone knew about UFOs, what was going on with the, the bell and the Nazi thing. So I don't know. This is all crazy, and I love it. I am fascinated by it. And I'm going to keep giving you news as I get it. I have another UFO story coming up here in a little while. Oh, man, there's so much to this story. It is just so deep and delicious. I absolutely love it. They also say that they've been trying to attack the security clearance on this guy and trying to get him for misconduct. Like this dude, Grush, they're effing with. They are effing with this guy. And I hope he stands tall and continues to do the right thing. All right, coming up next, let's talk about when you get a knucklehead that fights for a living, and then you say, hey, let's do this funny thing where you punch this guy, and everyone will go, wow, this will be great, and then it'll be a big joke. Yeah, never going to go well. We'll talk about this. Happened in Miami, and it's hysterical, and it involves Conor McGregor, who I love, but believe me, probably not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Get into this. It's the Big 49. The Man Urge. Amanda Nunez, one of the baddest women to ever put the gloves on in the octagon, has retired. This is after her fight with 35-year-old Nunez, won by unanimous decision on Saturday night in front of a packed house in Vancouver. After that, she cut her gloves off, put them in the center of the octagon, and said she is leaving, and she is going out double champion, holding both the featherweight and bantamweight titles. NBA star Zion Williamson got in a little hot water because he's got a girlfriend at home that's knocked up, and apparently he's been banging an OnlyFans slash porn star on the side named Mariah Mills. Well, Mariah found out about the pregnant girlfriend back home, and she put him on full blast online and put up all of their text exchanges. She then added the reason she put him on full blast is because he didn't tell her about the pregnant girl back home, and she hopes that she's not pregnant because she's late at the time too. That would be really bad for Zion. All right, get this one. This guy doesn't like breathing or anything like that. An anonymous hacker has gone on and identified 986 Bitcoin blockchain wallets that are controlled by Russia's Foreign Military Intelligence Agency and the Foreign Intelligence Service and the Federal Security Service. He then emptied those accounts completely and gave all that money to the Ukraine to fight the Russians with. This isn't gonna go well with Vladimir Putin. Putin. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9 is a stress show on a Monday. Let's get into something that happened over the weekend in Miami. I gotta think somebody's in trouble. And it's not Conor McGregor in this situation. Story made the rounds all over the internet. I don't know if you've seen the video, but there was a promotional thing going on during the NBA Championship Series where they were playing in Miami. It was Miami versus Denver. And out at center court at halftime, they brought out Conor McGregor, who was promoting a pain relief spray. You know, we've all had those where you rub Bengay, whatever it is, you rub it on. And they said, here's what'll be funny. We'll bring our mascot out. And then Conor, you punch him in the head. 
and he's knocked out, you spray him with the pain relief spray, and then we'll drag him off. What could go wrong? Well, I know what could go wrong. You just ask some knucklehead that punches people in the face for a living and gets punched in the face for a living to punch a non-knucklehead, uh, an actual mortal human, and punch him in the head. And if you saw the video, Connor lets this dude have it. I mean, granted, you're wearing a mascot head. I'm sure Connor thought the head was like a helmet. And not only does Connor whop him, remember, Connor's a lefty. So he throws a big left hand and just bops this dude in the head, and the dude goes down. And then he stands over him and punches him again while he's on the ground, which can't be good. And then he sprays him with the spray, and it's all funny, and everybody laughs, and they drag him away. Here's the problem. The dude inside the costume, they say, had to go to the hospital because he got knocked senseless. I would guess he got a concussion probably because probably he got punched so hard he did get disoriented and fell to the floor. And we all know when you fall to the hard floor with the back of your head, that's a absolute precursor to a concussion. And then Connor stands over you and gives you another full punch in the head. I guess he was trying to sell it for realism. I, I don't know if they're going to let Connor play in the new uh, WWE UFC merger that they have as now they're now one company. I don't know if you put Conor McGregor in there. I think he's going to really punch people. And people are going to be like, what the hell, dude? This isn't this isn't the UFC. We're, we fake punch outside of the UFC ring. So, I don't know. They haven't said how seriously injured this guy is. But whoever was in that suit, man, they took a freaking shot from Conor McGregor. They took two shots from Conor McGregor. Uh, it's the Heat mascot. They call him Bernie. And he was taken to the emergency room at a nearby hospital after taking the blow from the former UFC champion during an in-game, quote, promotional skit. The man's doing well after receiving pain medication and being sent home. So he got clocked. I bet you McGregor was, you know, yeah, this is, I'm going to sell this and make this look good. I don't think he was trying to hurt the guy. I really don't. I, I think Connor's a, a pretty good dude. I just think when you get a guy like that and he's like, oh, I can take this punch. I'm not going to give him full power, but I'm going to really make it look good. I'll just hit him in that big helmet head he's wearing. It'll be fine. Until it knocks the crap out of the guy and he bashes his head into the court. <laughs> I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. With all of the injured and missing riders in the 450 class this summer for the outdoor season, a lot of dudes are seeing a chance to make a money grab in the Super Motocross playoffs, and they are moving up to the 450s where the payment is double what it is in the 250s, and they are trying to get those points to get one of the top 20 spots into the Super Motocross. And I got to tell you, it looks like it is working this weekend alone. Yet both Ty Masterpool and Garrett Marchbanks finishing sixth and seventh overall as they have moved up to the 450 division and are looking to grab some cash in the Super Motocross Championships. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a Stretch show on a Monday morning. Shout out to Jet Lawrence for once again talking to us for the third Monday in a row. Your 450 winner out of Thunder Valley going to High Point next weekend, which, not going to lie, it's going to suck balls for us West Coast fans because that race could have started like 10 o'clock in the morning or some crap like that. Early, 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 early. 
I love night racing. I get outdoor campy night racing, but damn, does it have to be crack of dawn here for the West Coasters? It should be afternoon racing on the East Coast. And then early afternoon racing here on the West Coast. Man, I gotta do every I gotta fix everything. Get Davey Coombs on the phone. Ah, fix this. Davey, why are we racing crack of ass dawn? Don't you realize West Coast got the population in this sport? California is where the moto heads are. I know the states are communist, but the people that love your sport aren't. Come on, Davey, let's fix this. Let's race later in the afternoon. How about we set a rule? The earliest you can start on the East Coast ever is three o'clock, a three o'clock gate drop. And then you get rid of that intermission and then we bang out these 30 minute motos and we're done before the sun goes down. So we do. I fixed it. You're welcome, Davey. I love your sport. You're welcome. Uh-huh. Okay, bye. That's how the conversation goes. I'll tell you, there was conversations uh, recently with the Big 49 and the folks over at the World Supercross, and there is a big deal coming between the World Supercross and the Big 49. And you will be able to enjoy all of those lovely races right here on the 49. And we are stoked about it. That is coming here. What do we got? First week of July, we kick off World Supercross, uh, Supercross in Birmingham. I said Birmingham. That's hard for me to say because I'm from Birmingham, uh, Alabama area. And it's called Birmingham to me, not Birmingham. I'm trying to be all, uh, I'm trying to be all Euro PC. Say things the wrong way like they do. Right now, I'm going to go to Florida speaking of the wrong way. You know it's that time. Fistful of Florida up in your ass on the stretch show for a Monday morning. Let's go find a 20-year-old man in Tampa Bay. His name is Jacob Percival. Well, Mr. Jacob went to jail. And he did it all, not for the nookie. He did it all for the social media uh, presence. That's what he did it for. Here's what Mr. Percival is alleged to have done. On June 1st, he and two other people went to Bush Gardens theme park, climbed the fence, and then they went to the alligator enclosure and they climbed the fence into the alligator enclosure. There's two rows of fences there. You know why? Alligators are effing dangerous and will effing eat you. And they're a giant reptile. They can't really be trained to come up and be a pet. I don't know if you have noticed, not a lot of people have pet alligators. Maybe some crazy mofos out on the bayou, but you know, you leave them alone. Those Cajuns will do what they're gonna do. But here we go. We got this knucklehead and two of his buddies. They go to Bush Gardens, they climb the fence, they get inside, then they climb two fences into the alligator enclosure, and then they start effing with the alligators so they can film it for a social media post. Yeah. So here's the problem, knuckleheads. When you do something monumentally stupid like that, and you trespass and break laws and do that kind of fun stuff, um, they go out and they see your fun little social media post and then they use that as evidence to get a search warrant to go and arrest you. And that's what Mr. Percival found out. Who, by the way, thought it would be funny as he walked up on one of the alligators and he said, another wild Karen, crikey! <laughs> as he's effing with alligators in their enclosure 
at the Bush Gardens there in the Tampa area of Florida. They say it's unclear at this point if Mr. Percival has legal representation, but he has been arrested. Authorities say he posted a video of the incident on social media. The video of the incident currently appears on social media accounts belonging to Mr. Percival. So they went ahead and picked him up. They haven't said if they're going to press charges on the other two people that were with him because the only knucklehead that appears on camera is Mr. Percival. They took him into custody on Monday. Charges of theft of services, trespassing, burglary of an occupied structure. And I think they could put dumb shittery on there as well. He did post an $8,500 bond on Tuesday and was allowed to leave jail. And we'll find out later on if the other two knuckleheads uh, get charged too. Tampa police don't play. Don't go to Bush Gardens and start crap. And don't go climbing into the alligator enclosure, you dumb mofo. That's a public service announcement from your old Uncle Stretch. I could go to Florida and fix it, I think. I think I could. It just takes some ass beatings. Get the bubble back on the whooping ass and you'll fix stupid fast. Because even stupid understands ass beat. Ooh, if I do stupid and act stupid, I'm going to get my ass beat by the police. I should not be stupid. I will be not stupid today. That's what you should do. That's what I say. Man, I'm fixing everything. I fixed motocross. Told Davey to start the races later. I fixed stupid in Florida. Man, I, I feel good today. This new schedule's got me rolling. I'm stretch. It's the 4-9. Big 4-9 is a stretch show. You know every day I'm hustling. So I'm doing. I'm hustling. It's what the stretch I read does. He hustles. Makes things happen. Brings things to the radio. Shines a light on UFOs. Talks about paranormal stuff. Gets down on moto. Gives you moto 24 hours a day, seven days a week right here on this radio station. Uh, I have not got this in the Moto Minute because I ran it over the weekend. Speaking of Moto, massive bummer news in Moto when over the weekend Justin Barsha announced he had rebroken his collarbone and had to redo the surgery to fix it, which sets the reset button on his injury, and we may not get Barsha out this outdoor season. That will continue to suck. No word still on Eli Tomac. I know points-wise, Chase Sexton is still out, and Cooper Webb has now caught him. Chase and Cooper are tied as far as the Super Motocross points go. Remember, everything matters now. All the points matter. Only the top 20 dudes get in. And that's racing for the money, the Super Motocross. That is cash rules everything around me. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Wu-Tang Clan ain't got nothing on me. That's what I know. All right. Right now, I'm going to give you another... UFO story. You know why? Because I'm hustling. That's what I do. Stretch going to drop it on you like it's hot. This one is interesting. They say of all the people in the world who have claimed to have had a UFO sighting, typically you are immediately uh, stigmatized as some dumb country bumpkin who was out drinking in the woods and thought you saw a light and it's a UFO. Let's be honest. That's what it is. The first thing anyone asks you and you say, I saw a UFO or I saw a ghost. Oh, you were hard. Were you drunk? <laughs> and that's just because that's been part of how the government has done this. They have not demonized, but made you look like an idiot. They have idiotified anyone who has seen a UFO or said they saw one. 
I tell you, when I saw that thing I saw that night, which was technically a UFO, I was pissed. I was like, oh, F no. I don't want to see this. I'm not a UFO, dude. I don't want to be seeing UFOs. I'm a ghost, dude. I'm already perceived as crazy. <sighs> so there's been a stigma attached with seeing a UFO. Well, now here is something. A surprising new study where they surveyed tenured and tenured track faculty, that is professors, across 144 United States universities. And part of the, one of the questions was, have you ever seen a UFO, a UAP, a unidentified craft in the air? One in five academics admitted in this survey that they have observed something that would fit into the U.S. government's definition of unidentified aerial phenomenon. That's pretty cool. One in five professors of 144 universities. The survey asked the academics around the country and across different disciplines open-ended questions about whether they or people close to them had ever observed anything of unknown origin that would fit the UAP definition, which are broadly described as airborne objects not immediately identifiable. That's what I saw. Just uh, at about a fifth, about 19% of the respondents said they saw something that fits that definition, which is a very surprising result. Only about 1,500 out of the nearly 40,000 academics in this uh, uh, survey who received the email even responded, suggesting the results could be skewed significantly toward respondents who felt strongly about the topic and likely, they say, are not general uh, generalizable, something the researchers admitted themselves in the paper. Nonetheless, the study is a fascinating glimpse into the persistent taboo surrounding the topic of UFOs, which government agencies, including NASA, are starting to address head on. Yeah, NASA, you dirty mofos who've been in on the cover-up since the Apollo crap. Lion-ass, lion mofos. You, you know when there's a, there's a feed, and when they're up in outer space, the feed doesn't go straight from... The spaceship to NASA, which you and I can hear. That's so cool. No, it goes from the spaceship, and when I say spaceship, the American vessel up there orbiting the Earth. And then it goes to a military installation, and then it goes to NASA. So NASA's not as dirty as everyone else, but they are definitely complacent in the cover-up, in my view. So this goes on and on, and it has some of the stories of many of the professors that then documented their uh, encounter. And it's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. So, shout out. Smart people see UFOs too. Who would have thunk it? Just a dumb guy like me. That's, that's who would have thunk it. Alright, coming up next, let's talk about a grave where they found 450 vampires. <laughs> Not even joking. We'll get into this story next. It's the Big 49. 
big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Tom Vial of that Red Bull KTM team, a guy that you really expected to make a big dent in the 250 class this summer in the outdoor. That's because he comes over with a pedigree of MX2 over in Europe where he is a champion, and they were expecting the same over here. He had a big crash on Saturday at Thunder Valley and left the track. And the only update I have from that is a social media post that was done yesterday where he says, tough times, but we will never give up. So I don't think he's too hurt. Look for him to be back on the track pretty soon and racing again. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is a Stretch show right now. We're doing a little Rob Zombie, a little Dragula. Because I got a story for you coming out of Poland. A nest of suspected vampire skeletons was unearthed by road workers. They were digging, putting in a road in Poland, and they found literally hundreds of remains of human bodies, many which had been decapitated or posed in strange positions. And as they came in with archaeologists and started checking this, they found all of this had to do with vampires. So every bit of this had to do with vampires. That's why they were posed and why they were had their heads chopped off, some of them. They say the spooky mass burial pit containing the skeletal remains of what is now believed to be 450 vampires that was discovered by construction engineers working in Luzino in northeast Poland. They say many of the remains uh, decapitated and posed in odd positions. So many of the 450 skeletons had coins placed in their mouths or their skulls placed between their legs. So they chop off the head and place it between their legs, which Europeans in the 19th century believed would lift the vampire curse after death. One archaeologist who oversaw excavations of the disturbing site said, we discovered examples of belief in the dead returning from the grave, which could only be stopped by decapitation. So the fact that they're posing these bodies and they're putting the silver coins in their mouths are all things that people believed would prevent a body from coming back to life. They said it was believed at that time that if a member of the deceased family died shortly after the funeral, then he or she could be a vampire. Therefore, after burial, the grave was then dug up and the deceased head was cut off, which was then placed in the legs, which was part of the thing to keep it from coming back. They also discovered an example of a woman after decapitation. Uh, the skull of a child was laid on her bosom. Around a third of the graves contained skeletons with bricks placed beside their legs, arms, and heads. Just last year, a woman who had been uh, suspected of vampirism was discovered with a sickle pinning her throat to the ground at a village cemetery in Pien. She also had a padlocked toe, which is another superstition, they said, that when they put a padlock on your toe, it would prevent you from coming back to life. Maybe it kept you in the grave? I don't know. Her head was covered with a silk cap, which suggested she may have been a noble woman. They say grave sites like the one found in Poland aren't uncommon in Europe due to widely held superstitions and folk legends of vampires and the dead returning to life and sucking the blood of the living. 
450 people that they made sure weren't coming back to life after they died. That's pretty crazy. I don't want nothing to do with no vampires. Motoman dies, I'm going to chop his head off and I'm going to put it in his butt, up his butt cavity so that he can't come back. If he comes back to life, he'll have his head up his ass more than he does in, in this life. <laughs> now Motoman's like, crap, I can't die before stretch. That'll be horrible. Here's one that's actually kind of cool, though, on that same tip. Say a similar site where skulls had metal rods hammered through them, which they believe would make sure the dead stayed that way. A few months earlier, a vampire slaying kit once belonging to a British lord sold at auction for more than $13,000. The lockable box, the lockable box dating back from the 19th century, included tools and holy items used to ward off any bloodsuckers, including two brass crucifixes that were on the lid. Inside are more crucifixes, as well as pistols, holy water, rosary beads, and a Bible. It also has the most crucial of all items used to destroy the undead, a wooden mallet and stake to drive through their heart. The uh, box, which once belonged to former administrator of India, Lord William Haley, they say was guessed to be worth about two to $3,000, but when it sold at auction, it sold for $13,000. Or 13,000 pounds, I'm sorry. Yeah, man. I don't want to think vampire. I like, I know ghosts are real. I'm pretty certain UFOs are real. At this point, I'm like, hell, Bigfoot may even be real with that stuff being real. I'm going to draw the line at vampires. I'm going to draw the line at vampires and werewolves. Even though there's stories out there, I'm going to draw the line on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to draw the line there. That's how I'm going to do I'm Stretch. I'm redefining crazy. The big 49. Big, 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 big. The big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Right, Honda might be running away with the championship in both the 250 and 450 classes of the outdoor season, but Star Racing Yamaha's looking pretty damn solid themselves. In the 250 class alone, they put two dudes on the podium in Justin Cooper and Levi Kitchen, and then coming in at seventh and eighth, so making out the top 10, are Jordan Smith and Danger Boy Deegan. That's a solid day for just one class. Those dudes can get it dialed in at altitude on those Yamahas. I tell you that. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. All right. The kids are not all right. The kids are not all right. And this is starting in California and could spread nationwide. And this is effing terrifying. Terrifying should piss you off too. I'm going to give you one of those stories. There is a assembly bill in California right now, assembly bill 957. That has been proposed by a Democrat assembly member, Lori Wilson, and state senator Scott Weiner. <laughs> His name's Weiner. And this bill would classify not affirming a child's gender as abuse. What does that mean exactly, Stretch? That means that parents in the state of California would be able to lose custody of their child if they did not affirm to their seven-year-old's gender 
identity. So if your seven-year-old came in and said, guess what, I'm a girl. You better start treating that kid as a girl. They're going to take that kid away from you. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of little kids that play games. I knew uh, a friend of ours kid who had older sisters, and he loved to wear dresses and dress up. It's completely straight, well-adjusted, heterosexual young man nowadays. But he played only with girl toys and stuff because he had a bunch of older sisters. Did that make that, was it? Was he a girl? Because I think people would think that kid was a girl. And they would say you'd have to identify him as a girl. Now, if you were the parent of that kid, you're like, no, 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 he's a boy. And he's like, no, no, I'm a pretty girl. You, you are abusing that child now. And they want to take your kid away. They say the proposed amendment, amendment to a bill in California would classify parents who refuse to affirm their child's gender as abusive and could result in revoked custody. If passed, the law could see children pulled from their parents' home if their family members have what the state deems, quote, anti-LGBTQ5G ideals. Are, are we a big brother yet? Is anybody else alarmed? Rep. Wilson, by the way, who wrote the bill, has a transgender son. So if her kid's effed up, your kids are effed up. And I said effed up because if you are a boy that thinks you're a girl, you're a little effed up. There's some psychological damage in there that probably should be the first course of action. But no. Yeah. Uh, Rep. Wilson, who has a transgender kid, said during a recent meeting that she believes that parents that uh, don't fall to the whims of their eight-year-old kid and do what's in the best interest of the kid by identifying that, uh, letting that kid identify its own gender should have that kid taken away. We should be affirming our children in every possible way, she said. The bill originally passed in the California Assembly on May 3rd, but was amended on June 6th by Senator Weiner, And it will need to pass again with the revisions of, yeah, if you don't, you know, crumble to the whim of your seven-year-old who thinks he's a girl, you're abusive and can have your kid taken away. Plain and simple, if a parent or guardian is unwilling or simply not ready to affirm that their seven-year-old's new identity is different from their birth identity, just like a kid can tell you he's Batman, well, you better believe he's effing Batman or they'll take him away. Those parents can be found guilty of child abuse under AB 957 if it does pass into law. Now, here's the better part. The uh, uh, African-American Democrat communist lady that wrote this, who is the mother of a transgender child, says she is so confident that when it passes that Gavin Newsom, our douchebag governor, will sign this into law she believes not only will he sign it into law, but when he runs for president in 2028, and we all know he's going to, he's posturing like a mofo, she believes he will bring this law to every state as what would be President Newsom. Right there. You know how they say sometimes the Antichrist might be alive? I believe he might be alive and in Sacramento, and his name might be Gavin Newsom. Is this the most sick and disgusting thing you've ever heard? Because I'm I'm highly alarmed at this story. Yeah, identify, affirm your child's sexual identity 
or we'll take that child away and we'll affirm it for your kid. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. It also does not mention the age range for children that this could fall upon or make a distinction between affirming and, quote, sex change. The law would ask judges to consider parents' rejection or non-affirmation of their child's gender paramount to physical abuse or neglect. Yeah. As Mr. Weiner is uh, also advancing a bill that would require foster parents to affirm the identity of children who identify as transgender as well. So everyone's transgender. Moto Man's a girl. I've known that for years. It's the Big 49. Big 49. It's a stretch. Oh, I'm not done yet. I got another story for you. I have a company I am going to back wholeheartedly because they're getting crapped on all across the internet. It is a line of bikinis named Beach Bunny Bikinis, and they are high-end fancy ones. Beach Bunny Swimwear is the name of the company. And their bikinis are between two and $400 for not a lot of material. And here's why I'm backing them a thousand percent. They had like a fashion week for swimsuit lines in Miami. It's called Miami Swim Week. It's an annual swimwear event in Florida where everyone that sells swimwear goes down there and has fashion shows. And the Beach Bunny people came out and they kicked it off like a mofo. The front person, their main model was Playboy model Joy Corrigan who has a very uh, toned athletic physique and she rocks some very skimpy bikinis and on the catwalk people lost their minds because well all of the models looked like her they said (laughs) i love the comments the comments are oh my god only two curvy models out of all of those women what is this why don't they have people that are more realistic they are body shaming people that have hot bodies other people are like, hey, beautiful swimwear on beautiful people. Well, that's what we like to see. And that's what I'm going with. I don't want to see anyone that looks like me modeling any clothes to me. I want to see someone that looks good and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to wear that and I'm going to look like that. That's what I want to think in my mind. Sure, I'm delusional. But I also think I'm a heterosexual man. Straight, white, Christian, heterosexual man. I'm crazy. But I want to see hot chicks modeling bikinis swimwear because I tell you what I said knuckle dragon dude I see what they are calling a regular person in swimwear I'm gonna be like oh yeah I'm uh, yeah I don't want that I don't want that for my girl no 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 because I'm an idiot and that's how we see it we want to see beautiful people Victoria's Secret screwed it up when they went all woke ass PC get woke go broke and that should apply to modeling world as well I'm sick of these fat-ass Dove Soap model heavyweight champions of the world out there that I would gladly have an eat-off with modeling swimwear and pretending they're sexy. Because you know who's not sexy? Me. And you know how I know that? Because I'm a fat slob. So, hot women modeling hot clothes. Check it out. Bunny Beach bunny bikinis. I'm Stretch. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Till then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.